Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, everybody. Guys, I am filling in. Terry is not in studio today. I am Nate Zielinski, guys. You have, uh, you've heard us at our normal spot at the 10 o'clock hour, but today I am in studio uh, hosting for Terry, so we're excited to be here. And I'll tell you, I have an amazing guest in studio with me. I've got Mr. Dustin Sigler. Uh, guys, we are excited to have him here. He is the newest face to the Tightline Outdoors team. Uh, guys, we're real excited to, to announce Dustin as our uh, a senior ice fishing guide here at Tightline. Uh, so Again, uh, yeah, you want to talk about ice fishing. You've got the, the man right here in studio with me. Uh, he spends a lot of time on the ice. So uh, say hi to everybody, Dustin. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Happy to be here. Good morning. Awesome, guys. We have got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking ice conditions right here uh, on the Front Range of Denver, so we'll give you some updates on that. We're uh, going to talk about the Ice Addiction Tournament Series. We've got some great guests with Parks and Wildlife, uh, talk about the hunting reservation system, talk about some closures uh, for wintering migration of animals. We've got some great guests. We've got Mr. Eric Hadia coming on. We've got Scott Smith. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff going on. We're excited about that. We're also doing something totally new today. Uh, we are going live on the Tightline Outdoors Facebook page as well as going live on the radio. So uh, if you'd like to, to do more than listen, you want to see us, uh, you can always jump over to the Tightline Outdoors Facebook page, and uh, we're going live broadcasting from that as well. So we're excited about that. Dustin's actually going to manage some stuff there. Uh, if you have questions, some specifics that you want to, uh, to us to talk about here on the show, uh, we want to make this as much about you as possible. So if you want to engage with us, uh, that's the best way to do so. We also are going to be giving away some ISE tickets. Uh, so again, we're going to be doing a text alert from that. Now, we're not doing them right now, but make sure you have the number. It's 303-713-1043. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be giving away some ISE tickets. That is right around the corner, and there's no doubt, as a, as a Colorado native, that is a staple show for us. Uh, I mean, it's a tradition to go to the show, let alone the education there. I mean, fishing, hunting, uh, the expert corners, uh, the casting competitions. Uh, there's a lot going on at ISE, and I'll tell you, Dustin, I'm nervous about the casting competition. I, I've never done well in the casting competition, right? I'm like you. I'm a walleye guy. You know, I, I use a line counter. I let out line to, you know, 20 feet, 100 feet. I attach my planer board, and I set it out. Casting's not really our, our thing. For all the fishing that I do, if I can hit the lake, I'm there. Um, you know, it's more the bass tendencies, you know, like Matt Inslee, um, that makes that flawless cast. Um, so no doubt that, you know, it's always nerve-wracking to get on stage against some amazing casters. Uh, but they have a, a person joining the casting competition at ISE this year um, that's somewhat of a name in the industry. I mean, not everybody knows him, but, I mean, he, he's semi-popular. Uh, I mean, it's just the, the legend of Jimmy Houston uh, <laughs> that I have to cast against in the competition at ISE this this year. So, uh, again, if you are a fisherman of any kind, you know Jimmy Houston. Uh, again, absolutely one of the ultimate legends in the industry. Uh, we all grew up watching him. We all still watch him. Uh, and he is coming to Denver on Saturday of the uh, the ISE show, uh, and he is going to be in a casting competition against a bunch of us. And, uh, yeah, talk about taking something that already makes you nervous and making it more nervous. Um, I've never practiced, and I think it might be uh, might be time to do that, uh, just getting ready for that. But regardless, we got a lot of cool stuff coming on. Uh, we're going to talk right about ice right now. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, with that being said, 
Obviously, ice is, is here and fast approaching depending on where you are at. So uh, right now, the front range, um, you know, people keep talking. They're like, man, it's warm. Are we going to get ice? And I, I just look at everybody, and I'm like, hey, it's early December. It's, it's still very early. And the fact that we have ponds freezing, that some of the reservoirs are building ice. Cherry Creek is capped once, and then it blew off, you know, two hours later. It capped, and it blew off two hours later. Um, but regardless, ice anglers, obviously, we're enthusiastic as a group. We get so excited as a group. And we get one or two years in a 10-year spell where we get that early ice, and we think that it that's where it has to be. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we have years like this where it's not capped yet. Everybody's, like, panicking. Um, I mean, as a 20-year veteran guide, right? So I've, I've guided own tight line for 20 years. I've been ice fishing my whole life here we always say you should barely be able to walk on ice around the christmas time that's usually what your chatfield cherry creeks are it's usually i don't want to say pushing it but you're you're usually barely getting out on some ice on christmas uh you know which puts us there you know we're, we're what 10 11 days out or something like that um so so i think we're right on track we have cold weather coming we got the storm coming in so i i think we're going to be right in line i really anticipate kind of a, a great season so i think front range wise um, obviously, we're not on the ice yet, but I think we're lining up to be right on track. Again, you know, people talking, obviously, as we own a, a tournament series, we have a tournament on Boyd, January 18th. Uh, it was like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? I, I see no issues with it happening. Again, it's so early right now. Um, it, it would be unusual to have good ice right now. It, it's more usual to have it coming up here in the end of December. So, so that's kind of the typical as far as that goes. But up in the high country, we are definitely – on ice and or one of the earliest seasons we've ever had. I mean, if if you were a part of some of the conversations, uh, there was a lot of anglers on Antero on Halloween. Uh, so literally October, guys were able to fish dang near the whole reservoir of Antero, which is unheard of. Uh, the ice then broke apart, and then it's recapped now. But we have got a, a lot of ice up in the high country, and there's a lot of good fishing. Dustin, you want to walk us through kind of what some of the conditions are? Dustin, again, as our senior ice guide, uh, he's going to jump on the mic right now. A- as our senior ice guide, he is keeping up with conditions, keeping up with bites um, statewide. We, we guide on 17 bodies of water, uh, but to go above and beyond, Dustin really wants to make sure that he is on top of that for you. As, a, as our educational side of things. Uh, so he's keeping up with all of that stuff. So he'll be doing a lot of stuff on, on the Tightland Outdoors Facebook page to continue this. But walk us through uh, what some of these conditions are right now. Definitely. Uh, thank you, Nate, for having me here. Um, recently, uh, we've had kind of an early start to the season up in the high country, in my opinion. Yep. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of good ice there at Antero Reservoir. Um, it is fully capped. We have good ice, anywhere from 8 to uh, 10 inches of ice up there. Great bite going on, um, fishing all your weeds, uh, weed edges and stuff like that. 11 Mile also right there with them. Um, fully capped, good ice. Uh, there are some weak pressure ridges, so you guys be careful when you're walking around. Spud as you go. I would say as we're building this ice, you know, when you have that 4, 5, 6 inches, you, you usually don't get the pressure ridge because there's not enough force yet. So it actually leads to great ice. As you start hitting that 7 to 8 inches is when you start getting ice pushing each other, and then you start getting relaxation during the day. And that's where you're going to get pressure ridge, which actually blow up, or expansion cracks, which actually separate. Uh, but you don't get that until the point where we're at right now. So literally daily we're starting to see expansion cracks, which are, again, gaps opening in the ice, and then pressure ridges, which actually form a ridge. Uh, both those are happening right now at those bodies of water so be careful because again you you 
always use caution no matter how cold it is crossing those ridges. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people that like to do their lake trout fishing up at Twin Lake, um, you know, that's not fully capped, but, uh, you know, it is growing ice. We're starting to see more and more uh, ice. You know, these storms that are blowing in with strong winds, stuff like that, <laughs> we're, we're seeing a lot of this ice getting broken Changing, up. Changing, yep. Yep, a lot of changing conditions. It, twins notorious for that. Obviously, if they if the Bureau of Reclamation's running their pumps, you know, right in front of that tower never freezes. But, I mean, they have the capabilities of, of raising and lowering, you know, Twin Lakes, you know, multiple feet in a day. Um, so when it did cap, actually, last year, it all got shredded when they were pumping out so much water. They're not running as much water through it right now. You can actually sign up for an email through the, the Bureau of Reclamation, and they'll send you an email when they're pumping. So as an ice angle, you know when you're going to have current flows. Um, so that's a great thing to sign up for education. But, again, it's one of those things that changes daily. The nice thing about Twin, it's small enough to where you can build ice. I don't want to say overnight and get people excited, but in a one- or two-day period, you can build enough ice to, to almost get on. So with the Twin Lakes things, it's one of the faster-building lake trout reservoirs as far as, as building that ice quickly. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. you see lower temps up there um, through the evenings. Of course, our uh, evening – uh, lows definitely are taking over the day's highs. So yep. uh, we're going to see ice growing fairly rapidly up in the high country. Of course, our metro area, like you talked about, we're going to see ice getting here right on time. Yep. Um, uh, some of your other good bites, just for numbers of fish, uh, Terriol, Evergreen, uh, Shadow Mountain even, we're seeing good ice up there, good numbers of fish coming out. Of course, more in the stalker size range, yep. but great to take the family out. Absolutely. And uh, get them on the ice, get them started, and... and uh, Break the ice with it all, right? Definitely. And I think with that being said, like the evergreens and the terrials, um, the two nice things about both those fisheries, obviously they're known for, again, more of that that stalker size, those younger rainbows, which is great, though, because it gets action. The nice thing, both those bodies of water are smaller, so you don't see the big pressure ridges. You don't really see the expansion cracks. So your ice conditions, not saying that they're always safe, but they're a little more stable. They don't change as much because it's a smaller body of water. There's not a massive amount of water coming into them. Um, you know, both areas I kind of avoid. Uh, essentially, I avoid the the inlet areas. But as long as you're on the main portions of it, you're a little more stable at both those. And Evergreen, I mean, you know, we're down here in the studio, you know, basically I-25 in Orchard. And we could be on Evergreen in 40 minutes which is nice to be so close. If you're on the front range, it's a quick trip uh, and, and to get on some fish. And again, Terriol, you, you catch a ton of those trout, but Terriol is, in my opinion, one of the kind of sleepers of the state of some of the biggest pike we have in Colorado. So it's nice because you never know uh, when you can hook on to, to, to a massive pike at Terriol, which always adds uh, just a little upper to the game. Definitely. Awesome. And then talking, yo, I know you said Shadow Mountain's got some good ice. Um, Same thing. Grand Lake uh, is capping, but a lot of wind, a lot of water flow up there. You know, the the shallower depths of Shadow Mountain are helping it stay capped. Uh, Grand Lake is is, is going, you know, up and down. I know we've seen reports uh, up there at at Granby. It it does not have fishable ice right now. Williams Fork does not have fishable ice. But again, most of those type reservoirs, especially those two, Williams Fork in particular, it's just a matter of a calm night. Right now, we're having so much wind, like you mentioned, as all these storms come through. You know, we're getting hot, getting cold. It creates all those, those thermal changes, and we're getting wind. If we get one good night followed by a day with no wind, we're going to have ice. Uh, it's one of those things that the temps are right, the water temperature's right, everything is looking good. It's more for the fact that we just haven't had calm conditions to, to build a cap on those bodies of water. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, we need those cold nights. We need calm weather like you talked about. Um, and we'll really start to see it grow, and, and this ice season will really kick off right on time. Yep, yep. You know? Absolutely. Now, with that, as far, we're going to talk the South Park area here real quick just because we spend so much time up there guiding. As we look at Antero and 11 Mile, both of them are fishing very well. Um, I would say as a as a two- or three-year predicted-type bite, uh, everything is, is very going according to plan. A lot of guys get on ice early at Antero, and some guys are having phenomenal success, and some guys aren't. And the biggest thing we, we've been talking about on this show now for a month is the shallow water bite at Antero that happens early. Um, so early, there's enough spawning fish between the kokanee and the browns where it sucks a lot of those big rainbows in extremely shallow water, and anglers miss them because they're fishing too deep. Um, so again, they get out there early ice like now, and they're just simply fishing too deep, and the fish aren't there. And they're like, man, fishing's terrible. You know, we're not catching anything. When It's just because of a matter of the fact those fish are are just shallower than they're fishing um once they pull out like they are right now so those rainbows are just now retracting from shore they're just now getting out to that kind of normal depths where people are fishing them in that six to ten feet um so the fish are just showing up so if you have been to antero it's been slow more than likely your bite is going to get better as it happens uh 11 miles same thing we kind of miss that super early bite where those fish are shallow so i'd say the fish are very typical uh at 11 mile right now cross creek is fishing very well um hobart point is fishing very well uh so again we got great bites and i think everybody knows um the typical i don't want to blame anything at 11 mile but 11 mile can be rough it can be a hit or miss fishery uh there's certain seasons i mean the fish are always there it is always a jam-packed fishery as far as numbers of fish um but some years they're they're tougher to catch and some years it's easy and so far this year uh everything is looking very good at 11 mile guys are catching lots of fish and they're catching some giant fish uh so everything right now at 11 mile is looking good so guys that's the main portion of your ice report uh we're gonna actually gonna step in we're gonna take a couple calls here uh just a second we have an amazing guest coming up uh we got krista coming on with colorado parks and wildlife then we have another colorado parks and wildlife uh so again we got some great interviews and at the 10 o'clock hour we're going to get jump right back into the same topic kind of ice conditions current bites and things like that uh so guys again we're excited to be here we got some amazing guests hang on also check out our facebook live uh but again guys i am in studio it's nate Zelensky. we've got dustin sigler uh filling in for terry wickstrom on terry wickstrom outdoors on the fan 104.3 All right, welcome back. You are listening to 104.3 The Fan. I am Nate Zielinski filling in for Terry Wickstrom, guys. This is the Terry Wickstrom Outdoors Radio Show. In studio, we got Dustin Sigler, the new senior ice guide here at Tightline Outdoors. Uh, And we really appreciate everybody... watching or watching and viewing uh, and listening to the station today, guys. Uh, as always, guys, we have got an amazing segment coming up. This is our Colorado Parks and Wildlife segment uh, when it talks about education, uh, things that you need to know to, to really take advantage of all the opportunities here in Colorado. Uh, this is the segment to do so. We're also going to be joined by a great guest. we got Krista LeCavalier. Uh, did I say that right, Krista? Um, just about, yeah. Just about, right. That, that <laughs> was a very polite way of saying no. So, awesome. Uh, well, I, I'm excited to have you on here. Uh, you know, our main topic that we wanted to talk about today is the Hunter Reservation System and the overview. Um, and before we get into that, I, I just kind of want to talk real quick because I think that there are so many opportunities as a hunter here in Colorado of public land. Um, you know, I, I just came back from Minnesota, and before that I was in Illinois doing some hunting and engaging with outdoors people. Um, you know, when you talk about, you know, hey, I hunt in Colorado, we hunt public land, and people look at you like you're from Mars, and they're like, 
how do you hunt public land? Because in other states, there's not these opportunities. And people are like, you would never dream of, of walking out on public land. And here, we have millions of acres of, of public land. And it's national forests and state properties and, and things like that. But there's a lot of opportunities. So I'd love for you to kind of, number one, walk through where we obtain some information about these properties. And then you are going to talk about the reservation system because some of these properties, uh, to manage right, to make sure that you have a good experience where you don't have to show up you know, at midnight to, to try to get into a spot. Um, some of these have a reservation system. You're going to talk about how that works. Yeah. So um, all of our properties that we have in our reservation system, they are mainly uh, state wildlife areas and some of them are state parks as well. Uh, so there's a ton of information in them about them in our um, Colorado Recreation Lands brochure, as well as our small game and waterfowl brochures that we put out every year. Um, that kind of has all of the rules and regulations, yep. and they both have, you know, the rules on our hunter reservation system. Um, but we have the system in place to really provide people, you know, good opportunities when they go out to hunt public land so that they're not overcrowded with everybody else trying to get out to hunt. So it kind of limits the number of people uh, that get to be out on the property uh, each day. Most of them are limited to certain days of the week that you can even make reservations. It's typically on the weekends, uh, some weekdays here and there, depending on the, the property. Um, so most of them are in like the central flyway, kind of the northeast area of the state. Uh, we also have some in the Pacific flyway too, so kind of out near Grand Junction. Uh, we have eight properties currently in each flyway that participate okay. in the reservation system. Um, so each just has a limited number of slots that fill up um, pretty quickly. It's a very popular program. <laughs> absolutely. I like absolutely. to take advantage of it. <laughs> Um, so they are kind of the way it works is the reservations are available only two weeks in advance of the hunt date. Okay. Um, and it's like a 24 seven schedule. So they kind of come live at midnight, exactly okay. two weeks before. Um, and so people can go, um, online through the CPW shop website. You kind of have to log in and you can make reservations through there. Okay. Um, or we also have a phone number kind of listed in all of our brochures that you can call in as well. Uh, to make those reservations. So that was something new we did this year, kind of the online system that we didn't have previously. Uh, and it has been working really well and gotten a lot of good feedback from hunters on it that they really like the new system. Absolutely. Now, when you to, call, are there hours for the call-in? Um, nope, you can call in 24-7. So that call center is open uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Perfect. So you can call in at midnight as well to make those reservations. Awesome. equal opportunity there. I would definitely recommend online. I think those go a lot faster uh, for the people that kind of know how to play around with it. So I always recommend to people who haven't ever used it before to kind of go and play around with it first so you kind of know what you're looking for uh, when you try to go get one of those more coveted spots. Um, so those properties, they're mainly geared towards like waterfowl hunting. Uh, that's really what people are out there doing. And But there's still some that do uh, turkey hunting reservations as well during the, both the spring and the fall season, um, especially out on, you know, the eastern plains. That's not, there's not always huge opportunity to hunt public land out there for, for turkeys. So that's definitely a very popular program as well. Oh, absolutely, for sure. And I yeah. think it, I think it also some of the opportunity, I mean, some of these properties have blinds and pits. And I mean, they're it's really set up, I mean, especially for somebody who doesn't have a lease and have the time to, to, to do these opportunities. I mean, you guys are providing that for them and they get to step into it as if they, they had all the gear set up. 
Right. Yeah. And we have some awesome property techs that take care of all those properties to make sure that the blinds are looking good. Um, very in a usable condition, I would say. Um, definitely haven't gotten any complaints on that. I think that's one of the um, selling kind of points of those properties that those opportunities are available for hunters. I think it's great because, again, I mean, I think so many situations, because we use the system, you know, quite a bit, and I have young kids, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like getting out, w- whether you're a new hunter or, or anybody, you know, I have a hard time sitting still. You know, we're going live on Facebook right now. You can see me wiggling around. Um, <laughs> you know, to be able to sit into a blind, if I just go out to a cornfield and I'm laying down in the cornfield and I'm trying to hide on a fence row, things like that, obviously my movement, hunting with kids, with youth, uh, it gets tough. Oh, to be right. able to not have a lease, jump into a very well-made blind, um, your opportunity of success goes through the roof. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I love about this reservation system. I Again, I can reserve it. I know it's there. I don't have to wake up at you know 1 a.m. to go try to be first in line. So I know it's there. I know it's waiting for me. I have a great blind to walk into. It's going to keep me warmer. Uh, it's really the, the ultimate, especially as, as a new hunter gets into this. Definitely. And you mentioned you have kids. Some of our properties are youth only properties, which uh, is really great as well. And those properties are very well maintained from the people that uh, uh, hunt out there. I know those are, it's a very popular spot that uh, the youth get to go, you know, with their uh, hunt mentors um, to those properties and kind of get to, uh, you know, test the waters Absolutely. and kind of try out a new form of hunting without having to, you know, fight other people for those spots as well. That's awesome. There's no doubt uh, all of you at Colorado Parks and Wildlife do a lot for our youth and really try to line yourself up for success. Obviously, uh, a youth on a successful hunt goes a long ways. Uh, Krista, we are out of time, but I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for calling in, talking about the reservation system. Uh, we encourage everybody to go online, get more information, and uh, make a reservation. Again, you can do it two weeks out. Uh, set yourself up for, for some of the, the heart of some of the best waterfowl hunting that's still to come this season. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be joined by another Colorado Parks and Wildlife agent. We're excited about this, talking about the closures, uh, winter migrations, a lot of things like that uh, to a very popular portion of the state. Uh, so again, guys, I am Nate Zielinski filling in for Terry Wickstrom. You are listening to 104.3 The Fan Outdoors. Welcome back. You are listening the Terry Workshop Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, Terry is not in studio. I am filling in for him. I am Nate Zielinski. I uh, normally uh, host the 10 o'clock segment here, but we are live in studio. Got a guest host. We got Dustin Ziegler. We're excited to be here in studio talking ice, talking hunting, uh, talking everything. And before we bring in our next guest, guys, we, we, we had a couple questions. We're going live on Facebook, so we're actually broadcasting to the Tightline Outdoors live page, uh, answering some questions there. Bunch of people are talking about ISE, the International Sportsman's Exposition that comes to Denver. Uh, guys, we want to give away some tickets. So uh, we're going to give away some tickets right now. Uh, you're, this is going to be a text. You're going to text the word EXPO to 303-713-1043. Again, text the word EXPO to 303-713-1043. And the eighth person to text. So the eighth person to text uh, is going to get some tickets to ISE. So we're excited about that. So the, if you're the eighth one, uh, you're going to be going home with some tickets there. So we're excited about that. Now, guys, we're going to go straight to the phones. Uh, we're excited about this, guys. We're going to be joined by another uh, person from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, guys. We're going to bring on Gene. Uh, good morning, Gene. How are you today? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you know, we're excited to have you on here. Um, I think, obviously, all wildlife, all recreation, it, it, we're all stewards of the land. It's all about conservation. So I think we're all involved here, no matter as a hunter or as an angler. Uh, but there's no doubt for, for everybody out there who is a hunter, um, one of the heart and souls for some of the 
the most animal activity in the state is right there around the Kremlin area, uh, you know, that middle park and moving up towards North Park. It's just a, a huge area um, for elk, for deer, for pronghorn. Um, it, it's just really a really cool area. And you have some information today regarding that area and some closures. Uh, and I just want to talk to you about, yeah, conservation and, and kind of how, how we're using the land up there. Okay. Yeah, in this little section of the world, uh, in Grant County, we actually um, winter approximately 800 pronghorn, uh, around 15,000 deer, and 12 to 13,000 elk um, just in the area right around Kremling and south down into the Blue River drainage. So, yeah, we have quite a few animals. Those here. numbers are just incredible. And, you know, we love to see the, you know, the, the, the fence work that you guys did on Highway 9 has been incredible to, to, to help that. And, I mean, there's no doubt if you really think about those numbers, that's not that big of a region of the state for those numbers and those wintering herds. So uh, we, we love what you're doing to, to manage that for sure. Yeah, thank you. And, and you are correct. There's not a whole lot of area up in this country for those animals to winter. Um, that's why working with the BLM over the last few years, um, we came to an agreement in the Wolfer Mountain area, and we actually have a motor vehicle closure in that section of, um, of property, basically north of Kremlin, to protect the deer, elk, and pronghorn in the area. Which, which is huge. Cause, I mean, when you have those animals stacked up, I mean, obviously there's massive amounts, and you don't want to cause panics and running animals. Obviously there's snow. They just got done with hunting season. So, again, of all their... I don't want to say their life, but of all the year, um, this is one of the higher, you know, stress points of those animals. The last thing we need to be doing is pushing those animals around for sure. Absolutely. And and that's why we've come up with the closure in this area. So we have a winter travel restriction that runs from December 15th to April 15th in this area. Um, it's not a complete closure to uh, access by humans. It's merely a closure to basic off-road travel um, in the area. There are a couple roads around uh, the closure, County Road 224, County Road 25, and County Road 26, where people still can access the property um, based on our snow. We've had probably via snowmobile at this point, um, but any restriction off of those roads is um, not allowed. And that does not matter what OHV, whatever vehicle you're driving. I just want to make sure we're kind of clear about that and walk that. That's off-road vehicles, that's trucks, that's snowmobiles, that's tracked machines. You know, whether it's Correct. wheels or tracks, it is closed to, to, to all of that use. So we want everybody to keep in mind there. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys think that, you know, it's closed to, to vehicles, but they can still snowmobile access it. And uh, it, it is 100% restricted for sure. Correct. Yeah, everything off of those certain designated roads is closed to vehicle access. Now, as we as you're looking at this, where would a person obtain a, a map or a diagram to, to understand these closures, just so we can plan accordingly to, to make sure? I mean, I know you know most majority of the the public land hunting seasons are done, uh, you know, outside of lions and small game. Uh, but regardless, to make sure somebody doesn't have a trip up there and and, and you know plan on driving and they can't, uh, where do we get that information? Right, that information would be available. Um, there's actually kiosks all the way around this area that have maps indicating where the closure is and when that closure takes place. So on County Road 25 um, at the BLM office, which is off of County Road 22 and Highway 40, and up uh, on the north end where County Road 25 and 26 meet, there's another kiosk up there. In addition to that, there's also a BLM office in Kremlin. So anyone would be able to go into that office during normal business hours, and they actually have 
uh, maps, oh, eight and a half by 11 or somewhere in that size that they could pick up and be able to tell what roads are open, what are closed, and uh, where they are and are not allowed to go to. That's perfect. That That is huge information. Because, again, yeah, uh, just, just planning accordingly, obviously, with conservation in mind, obviously not you know, having anybody upset because they didn't understand the, the issue. So uh, we love seeing that. Why well, I got you on the phone, we'd love to talk. Obviously, you guys are doing a, an amazing job um, you know, of managing our herds, especially when they're in such mass quantity. How is everything looking up there in regards to that? I mean, obviously, you guys get, get hammered with snow. Um, you know, our seasons are changing so much from – from droughts to, to heat to, to severe, you know, cold and snow, you get a little bit of everything right there in that crumbling valley. Uh, how's our herds looking up there? Overall, our herds are actually very well. We're um, over-objective at this point on deer, elk, and pronghorn. So what we would like to have, which didn't happen this year, was a little bit better harvest during hunting season. But um, as you and uh, everyone knows, it's dependent quite a bit on what the weather does and this year we just didn't have much snow early so we didn't get a lot of animals down early um however recently they've started to filter down so we're getting a few more deer collisions and that kind of thing on the highways too so they're still here they just weren't here during hunting season. <laughs> We hear you 100%. Yeah, yeah. We, we cover almost three months of a hunting segment on this show, normally at the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, by golly, we're trying to trying to educate it to, to where we can create that success. But, I mean, there's no doubt the gore range uh, holds so many animals. And some of those mature animals, they do take some weather to push down into that, that more the accessible points of that country. Uh, so, yeah, if you don't get weather, um, it takes a little bit more of a physical activity of a hunter to, to access those animals, which a lot of times is just hard to do. So uh, there's no doubt whether weather helps it out but gene i appreciate you calling in uh informing everybody of the closures we're excited to see it just to again help out as much as possible uh in the conservation efforts we love seeing our herds grow uh and yeah we, uh, we just appreciate you coming on today thank you all right thank you guys i appreciate the opportunity absolutely all right, guys, that was Gene with Colorado Parks and Wildlife talking about our herd management and closures. Uh, guys, we're going to step into one more break here. And, guys, coming back, uh, we're super excited about it. we got Scott Smith from the barn at Rock Fence. He is officially the title sponsor and partner of the Ice Addiction Tournament Series. If you've heard about the $10,000 cash first place prize at Ice Addiction, it is due to this gentleman coming on next. We're excited to have him on. Guys, stay tuned. Uh, I am Nate Zielinski. we got Dustin here. We're filling in for Terry Wickstrom on the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 the fan. Welcome back. I am Nate Zielinski filling in for Terry Wickstrom on the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, joined live in studio here with Dustin, our uh, newest guide and the senior ice guide uh, here at Tightline Outdoors. So, uh, so again, guys, we're live in studio. We're excited to be here. Uh, we're also broadcasting live on Facebook on the Tightline Outdoors Facebook page. Uh, so if you want to see us sitting here talking, uh, you know, you engage, ask some questions. We're there as well. Uh, and after this, we are heading to Bass Pro Shops Denver. So a lot going on today uh, but guys i'm really excited about this when playing in the show uh obviously if, if you follow anything that that i personally am doing or really if you follow ice fishing in colorado or the western united states uh you know that ice addiction the ice addiction tournament series is, is the talk of it going on guys a, an amazing tournament series huge payout uh and again you keep hearing about this ten thousand dollar first place prize we want to talk about that right now guys the person behind this massive prize but more importantly conservation doing great Great things for our veterans, uh, guys, is Mr. Scott Smith from the Barn at Rock Fence, the title partner of Ice Addiction. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning, Nate. Good morning, guys. I'm doing wonderful. How are you, man? Doing fantastic, man. We're in studio, and uh, we're excited to have you on here. You know, we 
You obviously have, uh, you make my schedule look tame, and I would say that I have one of the, the biggest nightmares of a schedule that I know. Uh, but man, you're out there doing the, the greater good, uh, you know, for outdoors, for conservation, and for our vets all across this country. So I, I, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking a couple minutes out of your schedule, and we wanted to talk to you, man. I mean, obviously, we're all excited about this partnership and coming to Ice Addiction, but more so than that, I mean, obviously, you know, you're the title sponsor, you know, huge for first place prize but we want to talk about the true point of why we're doing this and, and engaging with our veterans and their families and getting them out here so i would love to to turn over the mic we have a ton of facebook live viewers right now everybody's listening i'd love for you to walk us through what the barnet rock fence is what your engagement is and what your goals are uh you know for, for all this activity out here absolutely thanks Nate. i don't think i could keep up with your schedule either buddy it's uh, a <laughs> the different kind of busy for sure man um, this time of year is absolutely crazy for us. We're out here creating partnerships with uh, other entities and, and uh, investor groups and private individuals that are conserving land. And so the Barnet Rock Fence is an organization that was created by myself uh, last year. And the purpose of that organization is to bring together our veterans inside of nature. Um, it's a proven fact that nature is a, is a, has a healing fact, a factor to it that can um, bring peace and serenity to individuals. And so what we wanted to do and what we have done is put together our already successful business of conserving land throughout the entire nation and put that together with our nation's heroes and their families and bringing them together on different retreats throughout the entire world, throughout the entire country. Um, and what we mean by that, by putting them on a retreat, so we get their families together and we take them fishing, we take them hunting, we take them ATV riding, we give them a three-day, four-day, five-day, all expenses paid, and get them into nature, teach them about what nature has to offer them, and give that family that peace that they need to get away from the the day-to-day life and day-to-day struggles that a lot of these veterans, especially those with PTSDs and uh, traumatic brain injury, have and give these families the ability to reconnect together. And that's what we're doing is providing that avenue and that atmosphere for them to do that. Yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, you think about you and I, for example. Can you imagine, I mean, even imagine what your life would be without outdoors. And that can go the spectrum. You and I hunt and fish, but from hiking to to bicycling to ATVing, I mean, really, like you said, the, the outdoor industry and collectively as a recreation um i literally couldn't fathom what my life would be without that um and you know you have then people that you know our life you know we get stressed because we get stuck in traffic or something but you know when you are serving our country and fighting our country and go through what these guys go through um you know it's magnified by 10 of what the healing powers of outdoors do um and again i think that it's it's amazing especially that you're including the families there's there's so many flawless and amazing organizations out there that are doing great things. Um, and with that said, and they're doing all these great things, not as many of them include the families. And we love to see that interaction to pull everything together uh, to make it all kind of, kind of work out. And again, it's helping so much with, with all aspects of the, the, the general, you know, veterans coming home to our country. Absolutely. To, to bring family into nature, Nate, is um, is something that I've, I've 
I, when I created this, I didn't think it would be as impactful as it is. And we just had a retreat just a couple of months ago. And um, this family was out there. There was fishing in this little pond. And the, uh, the father has served in the military, um, having some little issues and of connecting with his son. His son was going through the preteen, trying to figure out who he is type, yeah. type world. And um, those who have kids understand that. And he's like, man, I just didn't know how to connect with my son. But um, we put a fishing rod in that guy's hand, uh, that kid's hand, and he caught nine fish within a couple of hours, and he was hooked. And his dad was sitting there helping him catch uh, catch the fish and get the fish off the hooks, and they bonded. Um, and that's what makes it all worth it because now we sent them home with a fishing rod, sent them home with all the fishing gear they need, and now they're, they're fishing buddies for life. Now they've actually got something that they can connect with and we created that for them. That's what's freaking awesome about what we do. I agree. You know, I mean, looking back, you know, I mean, again, the the times, the experience, the memories that I have with my dad taking me fishing, I lived for it. You know, you you live to get out of school and, and sneak to the lake. And I think the other big thing that especially, you know, again, talking to teens, even talking families, um, you know, there's times when a lot of these soldiers that are so brave come home and, I don't want to say it's awkward, but the the communication level sometimes isn't there. Um, just because again, they're they're in such different worlds. Everybody here stays with their day to day life. Um, you know, even though they're they're missing this family member as they serve our country, the day to day life goes on. And as these vets return, their day to day life has been so just undergone of of an abrupt change. Um, it's hard to just roll back in that. But yet when you go outdoors, it's all about that experience. It's all about the outdoors. Um, so there's no communication barrier. There, everybody's doing the the same thing and it allows them to reconnect and rebond. And if nothing else, have that that one experience that they can always fall back into. So if you have a hard day, you have bad things going on, hey Grab that rod. Let's go. Hey, let's go take a walk. Let's go shed hunting. Let's go hunting. Let's let's do this outdoor experience. And all of a sudden, you instantly have a, a relief zone. So I think that's awesome. And with that said, I want to talk about what you're doing at Ice Addiction. Obviously, you are the title partner uh, of Ice Addiction. You are making this series amazing of what it is. Uh, and on top of, of this series that you're participating in, I want to talk about your special guests that you're bringing out here to Ice Addiction. So real quick, walk walk through the, what you're doing for these these great men and women to come out here at Ice Addiction. So what we've done is uh, we've partnered with uh, Wounded Warrior Project, Amer- American Military Family, two different organizations. One's a Denver-based, one's obviously a national-based. And between both of those organizations, we are bringing – 30 veteran family members um, throughout the entire country to the ice addictions. We've got people coming from South Carolina, people from Arizona, people from Georgia, people from Alabama, Tennessee, literally all over the country. And we're flying in their families and we're providing them everything they need to be able to be successful out there on the ice and give them a chance that they would never, ever have if it wasn't for the great partnership that, that um, you guys have given to us and, we formed with this ice addiction. So what we're doing is, is bringing families that would never be able to ice fish ever in their life and putting them on the ice to get them together. And um, so they'll bring in their spouses and their children, and it's literally the entire family. It's so incredible, you know, because again, I mean, number one, you don't have that opportunity. Number two, uh, there's, there's a lot of outdoor aspects. Let's say we're, we're hunting deer to where, 
sometimes you don't get to have that conversation. Sometimes it's not as engaging as a group because you're kind of got to be quiet and kind of sneaky. Ice fishing uh, of all outdoor activities is probably the most social of all of them. You can you can mess around, you can talk, you can laugh, and you can still participate in the sport. Uh, so that's kind of why we were thinking about this partnership because, again, you know, we, we already have so many veterans that participate in to, to add your special guests. Um, it's really going to be a neat day on the ice for that. And, again, everybody gets to engage, relax, have a good time, and enjoy what is literally the, the fastest-growing outdoor sport, especially in the Rocky Mountain region, uh, to come out here and enjoy, uh, you know, the, the amazing experience of ice fishing. Uh, so, again, Scott, hands off to you. We just got to say it, it's amazing what you're doing besides anything ice addiction related, uh, just what you're doing in the country for conservation, and more importantly for, for our men and women. We obviously, uh, we all agree that we owe them everything uh, for everything that they've done for us. Uh, and it's just excited to be a part of something to, to give back and watch some joy in these guys. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful for you, Nate. Grateful for Tightline Outdoors. T- grateful to be a part of ice addiction. Grateful, Certainly grateful for our nation's heroes and, God bless you. God bless our troops, theirs, and those above overseas and those serving with us now. Awesome. Scott, thank you so much for coming on today. Guys, always check out the Tightline Outdoors Facebook page. We're going to be engaging and doing more of these interviews with Scott, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we got to run right now. Scott, thank you so much for coming on, and we will be in touch soon. Thanks. Have a good one, boys. All right, guys. I am Nate Zielinski. We got Dustin in studio. We are filling in for Terry Wickstrom on the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Shows on 104.3 The Fan. Stay tuned. We will be right back with more ice fishing talk.